Welcome, 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 you guys. I am super, super duper excited this morning, um, but also just ready to learn. So I am Clarion Brown, the host of the Dear Single Mom podcast, where it is a platform to encourage, to engage single mothers with uh, um, various topics from a biblical perspective. And we just walk in this thing out um, called life together from a biblical um, perspective is encouraging. It is to uplift and to empower um, single moms through their temporary journey of um, single motherhood. And Today, I am just super, super duper excited because I have with me, hold on, you guys, I'm on Instagram too. So just super duper excited to have with me today, Kimberly Weeks. You guys, this is just amazing because this is something that is personal for me as well, but something that needs to be talked about, that has not been talked about, that has been overlooked for a long time, that has been swept under the rug and just considered normal. So today we're just going to we're just going to talk. I'm not I'm not even going to talk because I I just don't know. I'm going to let the expert talk. So I have Miss Kimberly Weeks with me. She is the narcissistic abuse coach. And Kimberly Weeks is the founder of the Freedom Academy. Kimberly Weeks is a believer in, in Christ, a trauma survivor, speaker, and advanced certified She's certified trauma recovery coach under the supervision of the International Association of Trauma Recovery Coaching. So she knows what she's talking about, y'all. Okay, let's just, <laughs> let's just go ahead and throw that out there. She is called to serve people with childhood trauma, codependency, and narcissistic and psychological abuse. She is an entrepreneur and CEO of Kimberly Weeks coaching and the founder of Kimberly Weeks Freedom Academy that exists to disrupt the patterns, principles, and practices of relational abuse. She supports survivors with one-on-one -on -one coaching and coaching um, communities. You guys, please help me welcome Kimberly Weeks. I mean, just amazing. I am just, just blown away. Um, about this, um, because this topic, as I say, you know, is something that's personal and close to me. I had a friend for over 10 years I was friends with that was narcissistic. And I was in that for a long time and didn't even know. I was in a relationship with someone for a while and didn't even know until I started hearing more about it and started doing research on what is narcissism. Like, what yeah. is that? And I started seeing this. So I'm just going to let you shoot. Um, tell us your testimony, your story, and just just teach us today because we, we, we need this. Well, I'm going to say, first of all, I told you, Clary, and I love, when you sit and you hear someone read your bio, it's like mm -hmm. you're sitting at church <laughs> and the guest pastor just showed up. It's yeah. so funny to me. Because um, I'm, I'm just a woman who has been trying to navigate life the mm -hmm. best I know how. Um as a believer who's growing. That's really, if I had to give my bio, that's my bio. Mm. Um, uh, 
I am a mother. I also have, I have four sons. Mm-hmm. So my journey, like yours, um, has been very personal because mm-hmm. I grew up in an environment, just from a testimony's perspective, I grew up in an environment with um, people in my family system who were very narcissistic. I had mm-hmm. a parent that was narcissistic. And so when you grow up in an environment and there are certain boundaries, loose, distorted boundaries, when there are, you grow up in an environment where people um, you know, behave a certain way in front of you as your brain is developing, mm-hmm. as your sense of image and identity is developing, you start to accept behaviors as normal. Yeah. Yeah. That are really inappropriate, mm-hmm. that are really toxic, and that are really damaging mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. So when I say, you know, you talked about, you know, I support people with childhood trauma, everything has a root. Mm-hmm. And that root comes from what was modeled for you growing up. So that's a part of my testimony. I went through, you know, relationships that mirrored what I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older, I became a teenager, you know, started to, um, I had a baby when I was 19. I got pregnant my first semester of college mm-hmm. um, because I didn't know I didn't know how to manage freedom. I didn't know how to manage being out right. there on my own. Yeah, um, and got myself in a situation. So I actually have one child that's 22 years old this month. Oh, actually last month. Um, so I have four sons, mm-hmm. 22 to nine, and um, you know I got married, and I got married super quick. Mm-hmm. I got married um, coming out of that relationship with the person I, you know, have my child with, mm-hmm. basically running away from one relationship into another, mm-hmm. which is another pattern for people mm-hmm. who do not grow up seeing certain boundaries when they yeah. are, you know, coming out of their childhood. Got married. It was like, appeared to be absolutely perfect. The person seemed to be everything that I wanted. And mm-hmm. after um, we said, I do. Um, I saw a very quick change of behavior from that person. Everything that they'd done during the courtship and the dating process in terms of, you know, gifts and trips and, um, you know, adoring me, putting me on a pedestal, switched. Completely different. Switched. I mean, like at the reception. Wow. That I saw that were different than what I had seen in the courtship. and that started a process of like what I would call relationship eroding, devaluation mm. of what had been built up for me to expect in the relationship, but then also the treatment that I was receiving. Wow. Um, that led to all manner, all manner of abuses um, in the relationship, including sexual abuse, including you know, addictions to sex and porn and, you know, all of those types of things that were brought into our house, were brought into our bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually my my body could no longer handle the yeah. what's called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when there's two opposing things happening in the same environment and your brain can't make sense of it. Yeah. My, my body could not handle the cognitive dissonance that I was experiencing from what was happening in my house and what we were projecting outside the house. Mm -hmm. We were in ministry, we were in church leadership, and it was like I was playing the game. It was like I was putting on a show Mm -hmm. and I was a part of it. Yeah. Trying to be a good wife, right? Right. So eventually, um, 
some things happened that were such a, a overt cross of a boundary, you know, some sexual violations happened mm-hmm. that I just, it was, it was like at that point, I was not even a human to that person anymore. Jesus. So I filed for a divorce and mm-hmm. I didn't want to look at me. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I had built up in my mind that divorce, I literally had a t-shirt made that said divorce, not an option. Wow. Line stoned, studded, yeah. <laughs> thinking that that was wow. like, yes, I'm with you, God. Divorce is not an option. Not yeah. understanding that divorce being an option is what makes when you stay with somebody all the more powerful of mm. choice. That's a powerful statement. I didn't realize it, realize it at the time. But me saying that I did not have a choice mm-hmm. was a part of the brainwashing and the bondage and all of that that I was in. Yeah. Because God never said we don't have choices. This mm-hmm. is all in the context of being a believer. This is all yeah. in the context of trying to do marriage God's way. Being imperfect, being traumatized, being totally, you know, having my own toxicity that I brought into the marriage. Yeah. Um, so eventually, like I said, I filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. The divorce process, thank God it was only nine months because it was yeah. hell. Yeah. Um, and then after the divorce was finalized, I started developing physical symptoms. They had continued to progress Jesus. over the course of the marriage and on. It's crazy. This is about to go on Christmas. I was in the hospital my first Christmas after marriage wow. for five days. Um, and I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Wow. Jesus. And it, and it had been happening the whole marriage, but. It was a little bit here, and yeah. this was happening here. It wasn't like concrete. That's one of the things about autoimmune diseases. And Jesus. So I was Christ. in this she. in every possible way. So since then, God led me on this journey. Uh-oh. Yeah. So that's where I am now. I'm continuing my healing process. Wow. And in that, and in that, and in that, he's led me to go, you know, you talk about being certified to go find out like real information about what happens to a person's body when you go through trauma, what happens to a person's way of seeing themselves, their image when they go through trauma. And um, out of that, it helped me so much. I was like, God, I have to. I have to do this for other people. Like, yeah. I want to take what taught me and I want to teach other people the same thing. So that's how I became a certified trauma recovery coach. And it has been a spirit adventure Amen. ever since. So wow. that's kind of my like, short, short, super short version of my mm-hmm. testimony. I'm actually writing about it. So it should be really good with all the details. Wow. Praise God. Yeah, so 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 the reason that and I love that you shared that a second ago, like we need to know what this is because yeah, it's so hidden. Yeah. Narcissistic abuse is so prevalent in our society today. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, we've had a we've had a president with every bit of textbook narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Textbook. Um so I think it's important for your audience, for anyone who's a single mom, because yes. I am and I said to you, I'm a single mom twice over. I was a single mom when I had my son in college, and I'm a single mom again now. Um, So there's some things that we have to be equipped with in terms of understanding 
um, what's a healthy flow and pace mm. of getting to know That's very key. That's important. It's super important um, because we're, you know, I call it the Disneyfication of mm. society. Yeah. We all have this image that some person is going to come sweep us off our feet. Mm. And in the midst of all that, we like almost go offline, like mm. the Wi-Fi is off. Yeah. And we stop paying attention to real data. We stop mm. paying attention to real patterns of behavior. We start paying to stop paying attention to yeah. what someone's telling us or showing us. Um, so let's kind of like unpack that for a second yes, because I'm sure please. a lot of people in your audience have some questions around what narcissistic abuse is. Yes. And I define it in its simplest terms as um, abuse by mind control. Mm. That's the simplest term for yeah. narcissistic abuse. But it's basically a pattern of behavior and marked by an unequal, the, the Bible talks about um, uneven scale, mm -hmm. a behavior where someone is giving, 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 and another person is taking, 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 mm -hmm. okay? It is the psychological, financial, sexual, physical abuse of a partner by someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, mm. okay? And I want to make this distinction because I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, well, people just throw that word around, narcissist, narcissist, yeah. narcissist. Yeah. Narcissist is not the same thing as a person who is a jerk or, you know, mm. has, you know, an arrogant or just somebody who doesn't know how to treat someone from a basic. Okay. Narcissistic abuse and narcissistic personality disorder are marked by a couple of key things. Okay. I want, I want this to be clear. So we're talking about the abuser now. We're talking about the, the textbook narcissist. Okay. This person is extremely grandiose. Hmm. They have a high sense of their self-importance. Uh, they think they're more important than other, like genuinely, when they walk into a space. Their needs, their desires, their wants are more important than anybody else's. Mm. It takes precedent. They are very entitled, meaning mm. whatever they want when they walk into a situation belongs to them. Mm. They deserve to have it because of who they are, of how important they are. And if it means that they have to rob, steal, cheat, exploit, if, they, if it means they have to dupe somebody out of it, they, they are entitled to do that. Wow. Because they're entitled to have that. Wow. Okay. Um, this is a person who has a preoccupation with like this fantasy world, like extreme wealth, extreme mm. unlimited success, extremely powerful. Um, a person who wants like the ideal romantic situation, someone who's mm. want, you know, like, uh, fascinated by their own intelligence and brilliance. Mm. This person lives in this false reality uh -huh. from the humanity that includes both good and bad things that you have to deal with in your own person, right? Mm -hmm. um, they think they're uniquely special. They need excessive adoration, which means they Ooh. cannot handle criticism at all. Mm -hmm. Even the slightest bit mm -hmm. is like the, the, the dragon will come out of that person. The, wow. the tiger will come out of that person. The destroyer will come out of that person. Mm -hmm. If you even point out what's called constructive criticism yeah of something that they're doing um they have no or very very low empathy okay mm. they cannot have a sense of what their behavior does to another person 
Mm. And there's some like physiological reasons for that. There's something in our brains called the insula. The insula is responsible. It's the part of our brain that develops with the capacity to connect Mm -hmm. with another person's experience. That person doesn't develop that fully. Wow. So it's not there. So they won't ever, ever develop it at all. Apart from the Lord Jesus, Mm -hmm. that person's brain, which he absolutely positively can do. It's not there. Jesus. You do not have the capacity to do more than what I'm telling you. Be complete. And, And all of this. Amazingly, is there anything else? Oh, yeah, they're extremely jealous, extremely mm. exploitative from other people. They're haughty, they're arrogant, they think they are elite. Mm. Um, and, and in order for someone to be categorized as a person with narcissistic personality disorder, mm. they have to have five or more, five or more of these characteristics. Wow. As a lifestyle, as a lifestyle, like this marks their behavior over years and years and years and years. Okay. Okay. Over years. Yeah. So, so that's important for, for anyone to understand when you're talking about, if you're dealing with a narcissist, this is what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with someone who has, and, and what's, what has always been a challenge for me and what was very much a challenge for me in my marriage was, um, understanding the root of this is their own childhood trauma. Is their own brain development, neglect, abandonment, abuse they experienced growing up. As I said, in the first five years of your life, your brain develops like cement. Like, you know how you see the the, um, construction sites and they're pouring the cement in Uh and it's still sticky and it's still wet. That is what was poured into them. They didn't receive what was required for them to have a healthy brain development. Wow. Within the first five years. Within the first five years of their life. Wow. Jesus. (laughs) So just like some people don't form fully certain senses or certain Uh limbs or they didn't develop certain parts of their brain. Wow. So my heart had a very, that's why I stayed in the marriage so long. Mm. Um, Had a difficult time reconciling, leaving someone with that. going on within them right right yeah um but but what will happen over time as i explained in my story if you stay in an environment with someone who is entitled and exploits you and is willing to manipulate willing to steal your identity willing to physically harm you willing to see you as an object sexually if you stay in that you are going to develop disease Mm. of some form Because your body is breaking down. Your immune system is breaking down. Your body's breaking down. Your image of yourself is breaking down. Mm. Your sense of your um, free will is breaking down. Your soul is breaking down. Your sense of God and who he is and who you are is breaking down. It is a destructive. um, It is a very destructive environment. And from a spiritual perspective, that's all. And I always talk about things from a natural and a spiritual perspective. Uh From a uh spiritual perspective, you're dealing with a spirit. You're dealing with the spirit of Jezebel, okay? Mm. It is a a deep, um, still kill and destroy spirit. Mm. Rooted in manipulation, dominance, and control. Mm. 
Yeah. So that person is a vessel for that spirit. See. They're being used by it. Ooh. Based on their own wounds and their own trauma. I know it's deep. Gee. So what, what I became fascinated by this because um because it's so under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hidden and covert. There's mm-hmm. a scripture, I think it's in Mark or Matthew, that talks about having nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but expose them. One of the things that I am very committed to is mm-hmm. making sure that people don't perish for a lack of knowledge in this area. Yes. Um, in order for you as a single mom mm-hmm. to be able to have the right discernment and attunement to healthy relationship dynamics, there has to be an understanding of what you're dealing with when you engage with someone who puts a mask on and pretends to be everything mm. that you want. And what pacing, I teach this in my academy, and spacing is required for you to really get to know if who they're presenting to you is mm. a real person. I mean, one of the shocks of my life and one of the shocks I hear often mm-hmm. from um from people who have been divorced from a narcissist is the fact that they realize they never really knew this person. They've been sleeping with, having children with, coming home to, paying bills with someone, and they don't know them at all. They created a persona to fit what you wanted. What you wanted. And they'll do it to other people based on what they want. I mean, literally, it's like um, you are a casting director and you are given a script or you're an actor going into a casting director and you're given a script and you're playing a role. Wow. Man. So I remember the day that he took off his mask Mm -hmm. of what he had been pretending to be and showed me who he really was. Mm -hmm. It was when I say shocking, that isn't even the correct word to use. Because you realize you've been sleeping with the enemy. Yeah. You realize everything wow. that you thought was real wasn't. Wow. And there are and there are children. Yeah. Burst out of that. Now, one of the things I love about God is God says that He can take absolutely anything and work it out for our good, mm-hmm. and that. Um, regardless of what the enemy plans for you, that he has plans to prosper you and not harm you. So, and to give you a hope in the future. So it doesn't matter what the enemy had in mind for my life or for anyone of, you know, the folks that you're listening to or who are listening to us. Um, It doesn't matter what the enemy had planned. God's authority trumps any scheme the devil can put out there. That's right. That's right. So narcissistic abuse is abuse with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. And I walked through that entitled um, living in a false reality, having a sense that they're special, unique and deserving of, you know, whatever they are desiring, exploitative, using, manipulative, deceptive. Mm. Those that's what it is to be in a relationship. And that relationship could be a parent. It could be a friend. Yeah. It could be somebody in ministry. It could be an uh, intimate partner. It could be a sibling. It could be anybody. Mm. Anybody. And it's textbook, meaning that spirit will show up in the same manner, no matter what who the face is or the name. Wow. Sheesh. So, 
I'm committed to this work mm-hmm. because all of that that I just described puts people in bondage. Mm-hmm. It causes disease. Yeah. It leads people to suicide. In many instances, I call narcissistic abuse because it includes all of those forms of abuse in one. Mm-hmm. That that deception is the gateway into all other forms or all other manner of abuse. Mm-hmm. So it leads to physical violence. It leads to sexual. It leads to rape. Wow, Jesus! It leads to someone assuming your you know identity and taking your social security number and doing all kinds. Do you, did you get a chance to see a fall from grace with Tyler Perry? I did. I did. I That's did. narcissistic abuse. Wow. Wow. I cried for four days after I watched that film because I, I know that reality. Yeah. So think wow. about whew, having gone through that. That's that's what you're dealing with, right? Yeah. Now let's talk about how it impacts you. And I want to give a quick overview of what the narcissistic abuse cycle is. As I stated in my story, the person starts out and they idolize you. Mm. You are a trophy on a pedestal. Mm. Okay. They give you so much attention. They give you so much adoration. They give you money, time. I mean, they create this like Prince Charming you know, environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the next stage of it, which I told you I saw or began to see right in my wedding reception is called devaluation. It is when they take you off of that pedestal Mm -hmm. and begin tearing down everything that they built. At the reception? Girl, I've heard, I've heard, you know, in the, I've heard in the vows. So we won't even go there. Um, But they start pulling you off of that pedestal by uh, withdrawing their affection, mm-hmm. by idealizing other people or comparing you to other people, which is called triangulation, mm-hmm. by gaslighting you, which is doing abusive behaviors and then basically saying they did not to create in your mind that you're going crazy, um, by smearing you to other people, they will play the victim. So they'll do something harmful mm-hmm. to you and say you did it to them. Um, by guilting you, by raging, by um, what's called stonewalling, where they simply will not, they just keep asking you the same thing over and over again until you give in to what they want, the silent treatment. Um, And one of the big ones is they use sex as a weapon. So they will not respond to you wanting intimacy or physical closeness or affection or just non-sexual, you know, affection. But then they will aggressively pick times when you are busy doing other things, changing diapers, nursing, um, paying bills, getting ready for work, getting ready for church, and pull you into spaces to have sex with you like a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And that'll be the only time that they will do anything physical with you. And they start grooming you to see yourself as like basically someone at their disposal. Wow. That is the devaluation phase of narcissistic abuse. And once they have adequately sucked every bit of who you are out, they will discard you, which means taking your life with them, pulling that mask off and showing you who they really are to scare you. 
and taking the life you've had and throwing it away. And they will see you out in public and act like they don't even know who you are. They'll look right through you like they've never met you. Jesus. You could have been married 20 years, 10 years, five years. You could have been married to, you know, been in a relationship for a long time, have four kids, five kids, two kids. doesn't matter. When they are done playing the role and they have started playing a role somewhere else, uh-huh. they're done. They're done. Wow. That's narcissistic abuse. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a lot in the midst of you going through brain changes yeah. and brain damage from the experience. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I just I have so many questions. <laughs> I mean, so what if, like, so. I posed this question in the group that I'm in because you mentioned the pacing and the spacing. And I asked this question, if your significant other wanted a psych evaluation of you before marriage, would you get one? Because now, and now this is in a Christian group. Now we all have the Holy Spirit. We all have the spirit of discernment. But I posed that question because things like this is going uh-huh. on um, in relationships and marriages, and people are just. And they want to do it quick. It is a disarming. It disarms. Okay, so I say all of this to say that one of the telltale signs that you are in a relationship with someone who is a narcissist is the pressure that you feel to lose yourself into the relationship and not have your own autonomy. Mm. the person is trying to like literally dominate your life quickly wow your thinking your time your energy they want to literally like set up camp in your brain and take over that's why i say it's abused by mind control because it is a form of grooming and brainwashing for them to take over your reality inwardly and outwardly Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, just it, it, it really is. So for the the people that are wondering and, you know, because I know you talk about this in your academy. Um, so I know right. you kind of want to leave some. Um, um, what's the word? I'm looking the room. Yeah. The room. You know, you don't yeah. want to spill it all. But what is a good time frame for someone to pace in space when they're in a relationship with someone? That's a great question. That's a great question. For me, I'm always going to point you back to the Holy Spirit. Mm, okay. That's good. God is the author of relationships. Yeah. He may put you with somebody and that's the person he's prepared for you. Yeah. He may put you with somebody and he's been preparing you for that person. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it becomes like this two pieces of a puzzle and you, you get to know that person over time, but you have an immediate sense that, okay, this is the type of person I could be in relationship with. So I don't ever want to put him in any kind of box. Uh, okay? That's he, good. He's, not, he's good. not able to be boxed in. It's so like unique, like a fingerprint. However, I will say that for you to be able to, have a sense of that person's life, not just by what they say to you, but mm-hmm. what they demonstrate to you over the course of, say, three to six months. Mm-hmm. And before you're like giving your heart over to that person is wise. Mm, yeah. 
yeah. is wise. What people get into trouble with is they done moved in and it's been two months. Yeah. They then sold all the furniture and, and left their, you know, apartment and, or their house and, you know, started living like they are married to someone and they just met them. That's yeah. where people get in trouble. Mm. So mm. I wish I could say, uh, check mark, you know, it's supposed to be this period of time, but you have to, this is what's so awesome about life in the word mm -hmm. and life in the spirit. We have to be leaning on who God is in our lives yeah. to discern for ourselves. Yeah. From, a, from just a wisdom's perspective, you want to see that person. Like you want to get to know the people around them. Right. That's another red flag. If, if the person doesn't have a whole lot of people that are close to them, that they've been in a relationship for a long time, Mm -hmm. That can vouch for who they were back in high school. That can mm -hmm. vouch for who they were in college. Who can vouch? That's another like red flag for you. If they don't have people in their world that know them, know them, that can be a person that you can get to know and ask questions of. That's a red flag. Mm. So not having friends or not having close not having friends. friends. Not having relationships that mm. are intimate. Mm. Another red is someone who's constantly talking about how certain people are. This is the grandiosity of it. Um, you know, that they got a lot of crazy exes and they got a lot of, you know, um, you know, people who are trying to get with them and they're triangulating you and making themselves appear to be this kind of elusive person that you just want to jump on as quickly as possible. It's another, you know, um, you know, telltale sign that the person is has no real substance. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they kind of play the blame game. Well, I did nothing wrong. This person and all these people did all of this to me, and I just did nothing wrong. They're a victim. Mm. You're listening for them taking ownership and responsibility mm. for ownership. how they contributed to the relationships in their lives and the things that they've done to repair them. Mm. That's very key. It's key. What's what did key? you do as a result of this mm. revelation about your contribution to these relationships? Mm. Are you accountable? That's another one. Who yeah. are you accountable to? Mm. If you're a woman and you're dealing with a man, what men are they accountable to? Mm. Who knows them? Who can tell them, do you tripping? Right. If you're dealing with a woman, who, who, are they accountable to? Yeah. Who who are they honest with about the stuff that they don't want to be honest with anybody about? Right. If they're dealing with you know proclivities, masturbation, whatever it is, who can they talk to and be real talk about? Yeah. You know, if they fall and end up sleeping with somebody, who can they be honest with? Mm -hmm. These are the things you want to know about that person. Yeah. Are they an island on their own going and leaving one situation after another in devastation and just moving on to the next thing? Or is this a person who has a life that they've been cultivating with people in it based on where God is leading them mm. and their walk with them? Yeah. Mm. And so one of the things I've said, you know, as I, as I studied all of this stuff, studied it involuntarily in my marriage yeah. um is you know there there are, are two parts to this it is what's happening naturally to you and and what you're experiencing naturally and it's what's happening to you spiritually i believe 
both of those things have to be addressed in order for people to come into the fullness of the healing God desires for them to have. Mm. Um, because people who only deal with going to, and I have a therapist, I have a trauma therapist, I have a spiritual director, I have a psychiatrist, I have a psychologist, I have a team of mm. mental health people that have walked with me through this journey. Yeah. You cannot do it by yourself. And in addition to having a community of other people who walk the same experience too, who you can go to and say, I need to put my head on your shoulder right now because I just got triggered or I just walked into a trap or whatever it is. Yeah. And I don't have to explain anything to you. Yeah. You know, right. this is like, all right. Yeah. So you need, you need to have people in your life who can walk with you to unravel mm. and unpack the impact of narcissistic abuse and it is yeah. not i have it, it, it's crazy i've had people say well i went to counseling i went to like six sessions yeah i've been in therapy for 10 years wow the devastation of this type of abuse yeah you're going to be healing until the lord comes Jesus. different layers yeah because it's so delicate mm. God is so, he's such a gentle woman. He's going to be gentle with you. And because he's going to be gentle with you, you have to be willing to walk through the layers he, you know, pulls back. Right. And it's facing facing. certain amounts of knowledge before that to work its way into your heart mm -hmm. it takes time mm -hmm. so you ask the question you know how do you know if you're dealing with someone and you know what do you what are the safeguards you put into place one of the safeguards you put into place obviously is having a present consistent relationship with god mm -hmm. one of the other safeguards you put into place is having your team of people yeah whatever that looks like for you your community of people and when you start to see someone and date someone people you can talk to honestly about what is happening in the relationship right yeah because um, somebody may see some red flags before you at, they're not in it they're not googly-eyed right yeah they're not, you know their heart's not skipping beat yeah. right um but the other thing is to make sure that as you're going through the process, you're, 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 uh, I remember seeing this thing online that talked about the Lord's voice and, and Satan's voice and his voice comes with pressure. The mm. enemy's voice comes with pressure, coercion. It doesn't respect your no. It doesn't mm. respect your boundaries. It doesn't want you to make your own decisions. It doesn't honor your free will. So you're listening for, mm the freedom to operate from your own choices and i'm not talking about someone not challenging you not calling you up to some you know greater levels of you know growth yeah i'm talking about a person that has an agenda and they're plowing through to get their agenda met with you wow those are key Ooh. your community your connection with god and you paying attention. The scripture says, and I used to think that it was, 
I didn't realize at the time that it was an actual promise. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. They will not follow a stranger. Hmm. That is a declaration. It is a promise he makes. Mm -hmm. If you're my sheep, you will know my voice. Yes. And you will not follow mm. a stranger. Okay. Does that mean that you won't step in some traps? Of course not. Does that mean that you might not get manipulated sometimes? Of course not. Does that mean that you're not going to fall into situations where you're duped sometimes? Of course not. But mm. what it means is ultimately Christ in you is going to prevail. Yes. Ultimately, yes. you will not follow anyone but his voice. So he's declared it over us and made a promise to us. That's what comes with his presence living on the inside of us, which is mm. so amazing. Yeah. We have an in an inerrant and in-house security system. Yeah. In Christ. I love that. That's a good way yeah, to think man. of it. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good way to think yeah. of it. Because a lot of people that walk through this lose trust in themselves. They they stop yeah. trusting that they can make good choices for right. themselves. Yeah. You know, um, and you have to get back to feeling connected to and confident in your ability to choose. Mm -hmm. um, but a part of that is saying, God, I know you're in there. I know you're within me and I know you are my protector and mm -hmm. you are my provider. And you're the one that stands guard at the door of my heart. Yeah. So I can trust you. And therefore, if I want to do something, if I'm off, your course correct. Mm -hmm. I trust yeah. that. So you can start confidently stepping into examining the relationships around you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If wow. the end of the story with narcissistic abuse, wouldn't it be like, oh my gosh, like this is horrible, right? Yeah. I'm so glad that's not the end of the story. Amen. That's right. Jesus. Not. Yeah. Praise the Lord God. is so incredibly faithful. I am Amen. proof. I'm three years out of my literal Christmas hiatus in the hospital mm -hmm. okay i'm three years out of it and when i say to you my life is completely different than it has been praise god and the lord has led me from one he's led me from grace to grace amen amen you can heal from this yeah you can it is possible it is pro it's not even it's not going to say probable it's a guarantee with christ amen that's right yeah it's a fact yeah yes ma'am yeah Wow, man, praise God. That was just really like good. I just have one last question. What if the person okay. that's listening to this or watching this and they say, that's me. But wait, 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 you know what? Before I even think about it, I remember you saying something that they're all about themselves. So a narcissistic right. personality disorder who has a person who has that, they're not going to admit or even see themselves as having that. Okay. 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 I'm glad you asked that question because here's what typically happens. Mm -hmm. People, and I know I struggled here. You start learning this. Again, you recognize what the person's been through in their childhood. Uh -huh. So you go, oh, this is what's wrong. And you take all that you know and have learned back to the person who's been abusing you to say, I know why this is happening and we can get help for this. You just need to go to a psychiatrist. You just need to go to a psychologist. You just need to get some help. And what you're actually doing is handing the enemy weapons. 
scripture says it this way. The Lord tells us to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Mm -hmm. You do not let a person who is underneath the influence of demonic spirits, of the spirit of Jezebel, Mm -hmm. of control and manipulation, know that you know what Mm -hmm. they're doing. You do not let them know. Mm -hmm. All that's going to do is heighten the abuse or expedite the discard. Wow. Once once they know that their cover is blown, Mm. they're going to get desperate. They're going to get desperate to pull you back underneath their control or desperate to get away from you so that they escape the consequences of their behavior. Wow. Wise and harmless. If you're, if, if someone is listening to me and they've listened to all that we've talked about today and they go, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh, um, that's what happened to me um, or happening, that's my marriage. Mm-hmm. The first thing that you are to do is to go and get specific help for you rebuilding you mm-hmm. as long as it's safe to do so. I'm not telling someone who is being physically assaulted, sexually abused, raped to, to stay and not get yeah. out of that situation led by God. But the first thing that is going to be necessary for you to endure what you're going to have to endure to get to your freedom is you're going to have to have yourself rebuilt back up to mm-hmm. be able to walk this out. Yeah. And most people who are there, which I was, are so devalued and torn down. They don't have the strength or they have a disease or they have given up their job and they don't have financial means to leave. Yeah. Are so torn down they don't have the capacity at, at the time to leave that situation safely. Jeez. And when I say safely, I mean safely. If you expose a narcissist, you can expect absolute hell and all of hell's fire and rage to come at you. Jeez. So there's Ooh. some there's some wisdom to this thing. You yeah. Know? There's some levels to this. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I launched the Kimberly Reeds Freedom Academy because yes. um, it is a it is a recovery community. It is a place, a, a hidden secret place for people who are either coming out of, presently in, or dealing with the aftermath of mm-hmm. abuse, relational abuse with a psychological and narcissistic abuser. They need that place to be able to go get the information and be taught and equipped to strengthen their inner man, to strengthen their sense that they're not alone, and to have real tools to be able to walk out what's necessary for them to get to freedom. Mm. And it is a a commitment. Mm -hmm. It is an investment. Yeah. Of you back into yourself, you have been most of us brainwashed. I'm actually teaching on that topic this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been brainwashed to not see yourself as worthy mm-hmm. of investment, of time, of uh, love, of value, of attention. And so there, there has to be kind of. It's almost like an underground railroad. You're, you're rebuilding. You're locking arms with. You're getting the equipment that's needed for you to move forward. So anyone who's listening to this and you realize that that's you, there are some things and some steps that I would love for you to take in order for you to start putting yourself in the position to respond to God's prompts. 
to get out of the situation. And the first one would be tell somebody. Yeah. Tell somebody. The second, if you have the means, is go get mental health support of some kind. Go mm -hmm. get a coach. Go get a um, therapist. Go um, to a counselor that is equipped and trauma-informed. Mm. That is important. That's key. There yeah. are people that go to therapists and counselors for life, and they are not trauma-informed, so they cannot equip you or help you with what's happening in your nervous system mm. as you're dealing with the abusive situation. And that is so important. Tell somebody, get get someone who can help you from a trauma-informed perspective, start to put the pieces together and then connect with the community. That's why they have recovery communities, anonymous communities, whether it's alcohol anonymous, sex addiction anonymous, all of these different things. There's some, some reparative work that's required before you can launch. Mm. Before you can take flight. Yeah. You know? I have wings in my logo because it, the, what I'm hoping to do with the Lord is to equip people to, for freedom to take flight Amen. into your destiny, into Amen. your purpose, but out of situations that have been harmful to you. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Whew. Well, I, I don't have any more questions. I think this was this was really good and very informative. Yeah. I mean, especially for us as a, a Christian community, because they're right. They're, some of them are right in the churches. I mean, let's just well, and I want to say one thing to that, if I may. Yeah. Okay. I know we you know we got we've got to push for time, but um one of the things that is the most devastating thing is to be in this situation. And go talk to your pastor or Christian leaders in your church and not be believed. Jesus, yeah. Because the person has created such an image. Yes. So I typically, ultimately, I want to be able to give some kind of course and or some kind of instruction for churches. Mm. so that they know what questions to ask yeah. one of the i mean devastating things is when you put a person who is telling you they're dealing with someone with narcissistic personality disorder in counseling with their abuser that is it is a destructive situation yeah, i bet just the feeling alone of just feeling almost a feeling of betrayal it is a betrayal for them that pastor or those Christian leaders to say, well, yeah, I know, you know, I do think he's being abusive, but you kind of just need to like, you know, read a psalm a day. Jesus Christ. You need to not be that wife who is like a dripping faucet, Ooh. constantly saying things. You need to do your part. They turn it all back on you that if you just do what's right, then, you know, the Lord will deal with them. I'm telling you, if you're Jesus. dealing with anyone in the Christian community, when I say that as another level of re-traumatization, yeah. when you go to people who are in the body of Christ to tell them that's what you're dealing with and that you're met with dismissal, minimization, and or outright non-belief of what you're telling them. I, I left church. I left church for two and a half years. Mm. It wasn't safe to be there anymore. Jesus, yeah. And this happens to a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, I would say, again, trauma-informed 
people is who you need to be talking to. Mm -hmm. If you take this to a person who's going to look at it as a regular relational issue or this is just communication and they need improvement, you're going to set yourself up for um, some bad consequences when you are at home with that person Mm. who's effectively duped the people in the church and then come and throw it in your face. So that you now know not even there is a safe place for you to get any help. No one's wow. going to listen to you. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons, you know, we're in a season right now. The Lord said that in the last days, certain things are going to happen. Discipleship and teaching and preaching does not look like only churches and the church house. There are mm. places where God is pulling people out of the church from not and not like leaving the church body, yeah. but pulling you out of the traditional model so that you can start to pour into mm. people practical wisdom for life. Practical ways to walk out your freedom in Christ. Practical yeah. ways for you to um, to heal. So yeah. Yes, ma'am. Whew. I'm very passionate about it as you can see. Wow, no, and I, I absolutely love it. I I'm I'm just absolutely, seriously blown away about how informative this was and how just your platform, I believe, is really going to transform and heal a lot of people for what you're doing. And it's just amazing, amazing. I'm just, I'm blown away. I don't have any more questions. I am just... I'm just so glad that you shared this information with us. And thank you for taking out time to come and share this information with us. Um, I have to go back and listen to this myself. I mean, because it was like almost like I'm in a class, you know, like I'm in a college course, like just I, I, I can't even you know, up That's here why I call is it an so academy. much. Yeah. Yes. That's why I call it the, the please Freedom tell academy. people, yes, like, how can they join the academy? How can they get in contact with you, get coaching from you? Because yeah. that's your expertise. <laughs> <laughs> so my academy website is um, kwfreedomacademy.com. People can sign up. It's I like to create the space because there are going to be people that get to the end of the process and don't need that every week support anymore so Mm -hmm. it's an open door it's an open door for people to come and go as they need and as they you know desire the people who make the investment and commit to supporting themselves in that way for at least a year are going to see the most um fruit yeah from that investment um so it's kwfreedomacademy.com one-on-one coaching my website is the narcissistic abuse coach.com um, and I take one-on-one clients as well as people who work in a group coaching setting mm-hmm. in the academy at Kimberly Weeks Freedom Academy. Yes, wow. ma'am. Whew. Well, I'm your host, Clarion. I just, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just blown away. Just, it, it was, it was really good. Very, very informative. Um, and I'm, I love education. So it was just really, I yeah. was just soaking it all in. But I'm your host, Clarion Brown of Dear Single Mom. You can reach me on um, on Instagram at Dear Single Mom Podcast. Um, also, my website. I'm also a wardrobe stylist, um, and also just amongst other things, um, you can reach me at Clarion 
C-L-A-R-I-O-N, and it's in the description. I also post um, Kimberly's link in the description as well, but clarionedenitia.com uh, for styling. Um, even if you just want to chat, um, man, just, I, I, I can't piece all of this together. It was just really so good and just so, whew, yes. But, the Lord wants people free. He wants them to be free. Yes, and that's the beautiful yes, thing about, being with God, you don't have to stay in that place. Right. He doesn't even want you to stay in that place. So whether you see an avenue out, he will always provide an avenue for you. You just have to that's take right. it. And that's just the beautiful thing um, about the God that we serve. So thank you so much, Kimberly. I, I mean, thank um, you. This thank is you really, so much for having me. I love what you're doing. Yes. I appreciate you. Yes, I honor yes. you for the platform that you're giving for single moms oh, because we need all the support that we can get. Absolutely. Um, we need teaching and equipping and um, a community <clears> for um, what we're supposed to be doing in this season of our life. Yeah. Just because we're single doesn't mean we have to stop doing anything. As a matter of fact, there's amazing things that God wants to do in our singleness. Yes. So I'm glad that you are, you have created that space to support single moms. Oh, amen. Glory to God. Um, just really quickly, do you mind just praying us out? I just, I, I just, Absolutely. Just, Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, so, so father, we just come before you today. Um, for every person that listens to this interview today, God, I pray that you would literally, through what has been shared, be imparting to them courage. You've said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. I pray that you would literally be laying that on them like a mantle, like a blanket, God, so that they can have the courage to look at things that they have um walked through a stage of denial in God, um, that the grief process that's necessary for them to start to move in the direction of their freedom, God, that you would be walking them through that in the gentle manner that you always do, but that you would give them the courage to face the reality of their situation, to face um, what the impact has been for them, God. And if it is someone that it isn't happening to them, Lord, but it's happening to someone close to them that they know and that they love, I pray that you would give specific wisdom on how to walk alongside a person who is in this type of abusive situation, how to show up and hold the space for them, how to believe and support them as they unravel and unpack and you know, detangle all of the things that are going on in their own minds and hearts, Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm praying for you to continue to create an environment that holds people accountable for the things that are happening in their homes, whether it be ministry leaders, pastors, whether it be other folks who are in the church with people. Um, And I'm grateful for opportunities for you to speak to the hearts of your people and allow them to know that your desire is for them, Mm -hmm. uh, is for them to be safe, it's for them to be whole and for them to know how much value they have as a result of being made in your image. Yes. So we ask right now, Jesus, in your holy name, that you would seal the time wherever or whenever this is listened to. Yes. And that you would speak expressly to each heart as to what you want them to do with what they heard. And we pray that Jesus. In-